guys, I wanted to give you a quick trigger warning on this one. Uh, at the 14 minute mark to about the 24 minute mark, uh, we talk about Ron Bonk's uh, The Night of Something Strange. Big trigger warning on this one. Pretty much the entire movie uh, is uh, one extended rape scene. Uh, so we talk about that and mostly clutch our faces and uh, sob and stare into the middle distance. Um, so definitely be on the lookout for that. Also, I uh, one of our sponsors has uh, demanded that I read the following statement. Um, <clears throat> this message is brought to you by the Meg uses money to make her friends say stupid things, endowment for the farts. Do you ever think about the 2004 film Catwoman? It's a masterpiece. I really love the part where Halle Berry ate tuna fish directly from the can in her bed while gossiping on the phone with her bestie. I think the film deserves a closer watch by all of our listeners. <clears throat> Did you know that it takes place in the same universe as Miss Congeniality? Think about it. Benjamin Bratt's character is exactly the same character as in Miss Congeniality. Just something to think about. For completely unrelated content, please visit margaretandmicrowave.blogspot.com or follow Meg's husband on Twitter at nonplayablekyle, because Meg still can't figure out Twitter, and at this point it's probably too late for her to even start trying. This message is brought to you by the Meg Uses Money to Make Her Friends Say Stupid Things, Endowment for the Farts. Hey guys, welcome to Rank and Vile, the podcast where we attempt to rank every single horror movie ever. Uh, this is the podcast where we add a few movies to our enormous, sprawling, incomprehensible list of horror movies that we've already ranked. Uh, and the idea is to um, insert them in between other movies and decide how much we either hate them or irrationally think that they're great and then argue about it. Uh, this is Ryan. And this is Quincy. And on this episode, we have uh, a horror author and all-around knowledgeable gent, Max Booth III. How's it going, man? Yeah. So, Max, tell us about what you're working on right now. You're a horror author, a publisher, a man about the horror scene. What's going on? Oh, um, I'm in the process of revising a novel called The Nightly Disease. It was published last year through um, Delk Fuse, and then the press just kind of shit the bed, Bummer. so now it's out of print. <laughs> so I'm kind of writing a new introduction to it, adding some new content, and hoping Which is to pretty rad that you get the like opportunity the to future. take this thing that's already been published and sort of like, okay, but like let's let's maybe add on a bit more stuff and kind of, you know, fancy it up a bit. Yeah, it's it's a difficult um, balance of just not completely rewriting the whole thing, which is what I want to do anytime mm -hmm. I look at something I've written. So I'm trying to be gentle about it. I have a few new scenes I think would be that I think would benefit the book, but right. I'm not so going to go crazy. How with do it. you stay your hand? How do you like stop? Because because to me, writing when I write and edit, it's a lot like picking. Like, I tell myself, oh, I'm going to pop the one blackhead, and then what I'm, you know, next thing I know, an hour has gone by, and, like, my nose has been peeled off. So, your like... Face, your face ends up looking like a trauma film. Yeah, so how do you do that, Max? How do you keep your novel intact and not, like, over-edit? It's <laughs> a good question, and I don't know if I know how to um, answer that, because I don't know if I know how to. <laughs> Um, at the moment, it's at, um, right now I'm just thinking about how long it is and I don't want to make it too much longer because then, well, the price will have to skyrocket. And as, as it is, 
how am I going to convince everyone to buy the book again, especially if it's even more expensive than when they previously purchased it. So anything I add, I try to also kind of trim down previous sections in ways mm -hmm. I think kind of read smoother. Um, I also have a shit ton of other projects going on. Some of them I can talk about, some I can't. So it's I kind of just spend like maybe ha a half hour a day just messing with it. And I have to send it into a possible publisher. I can't say who. Well, you're like a true saint days, for so having a deadline on the horizon and watching movies for this show. <laughs> 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 Which I'm actually surprised that for this episode we're not, um, because of course you you know with with Castle Rock Radio I'm, I'm surprised that we didn't decide like all right let's do all Stephen King movies. Yeah, I, well, I think there was I think the last Stephen King movie we did yeah. was what thinner. Yeah. Yeah. What well, we were gonna talk long. about oh, Christine, but then we <laughs> talked about wrestling instead. So we'll we'll get back we'll loop back around eventually. Uh, yeah, so Max, how did you get into horror? Like, what was your, you know, first hit that really hooked you in? Right. Um, I think it's it's going to be kind of similar to a lot of fans. I had older siblings who were obsessed with it and just made me watch them over and over until I fell in love. Mm -hmm. I, especially uh, Evil Dead Two and um, Dead Alive. Yeah, were two good ones. Also a very good movie at a tender age, watching Dead Alive. <laughs> yeah. I love the the baby scene, when um, the zombie baby, when he's just, like, fucking with it in the pelican while fighting. Oh, yeah, and the stroller yeah. and the, yep. Yeah, when I was eight, that was, like, the best scene I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, P Peter Jackson is such a ham. So, speaking of impressionable uh, young children, let's talk about the short film Your Date Is Here. Oh my god. <clears throat> yeah. Max, what were your thoughts on this? I loved it. I watched all of these movies at like 1 a.m. on different days at a hotel. And this one oh, especially wow. creeped me out. Especially till the end when someone begins knocking on the door. And at the same time, mm -hmm. someone at my hotel began banging on the, en the locked entrance. <laughs> I fucking oh, jumped. God. Yeah. <laughs> oh Jesus! That's see, I which reminds me of the time that I was playing Alien Isolation, uh, and there was at the time oh, there was yes. a cat in the crawl space above our house, <laughs> skittering around, and I almost had a heart attack oh, because of this cat. So, your date is here was provided by our uh, by the directors who were cool enough to shoot us a copy. Uh, I don't want to spoil this because it's a six-minute movie and it's really easy to spoil. I don't know. Do you guys think? <laughs> Sorry, Quincy. Sorry, Quincy. Uh, followers on Twitter will have seen the revealing shot at the end of the movie, the <laughs> final shot that's the scary part. Uh <laughs> I had to make my funny. I, I just had to be a fucking wise guy. and then, But it's fine, though, because I edited in Paul Giamatti. <laughs> Into it's, the fine. Picture it's, it's fine. In, in place of in place of the final reveal, so it was it was fine. Yeah. Was that would good. be way more terrifying. Yeah, for <laughs> real. Yeah, but like, but like, your date is here. First of all, two things. Uh, obviously, the short fucking ruled, but I loved this uh, the song they put over the end of it because it was just this like fifties throwback doo wop, you know, 
song that with your date is here and I, I this was just a perfect little bite-sized cinnamon bun of horror it was just exactly what you wanted from a horror short yeah i i agree i have no complaints about it um but the short yeah but uh, so like with the short like what was what were what, what would you liken it to in terms of like th- uh, yeah like 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 what are the what are the movies that this brought to mind hmm I'm thinking of just more like videos I've seen on YouTube, not feature-length movies. Um, mm-hmm. hmm. I mean, it has to be one of those movies where it takes something like just generic and just throws it in your face. Like there's this video on YouTube. I don't know what it's called mm-hmm. now, but it's like six minutes also, and it's about this mom listening to a little kid on the walkie-talkie. And all of, oh, yeah. I think I've seen that one. So I mean, that's what it reminded me of. In a full-length movie, I I'm struggling to think of anything. What would you say? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I was I was thinking it was sort of um, like a, a, a sort of like when a stranger calls a little bit, because but more with like a mom instead of a babysitter. But this actually got me thinking about a thing because like YouTube horror is definitely a thing, but I feel like it's hard to really find horror shorts on YouTube that are worth watching which sounds mean but mostly and i think it's really cool that a lot of people are kind of cutting their teeth on making horror shorts with just like posting goofy little three minute things to youtube but i don't know i i i i worry about where where kids are getting their horror now i guess oh for sure quincy what are your thoughts on that's that? a thing that i'm terrified of because um my friend's kids you know were talking to me about the skinny white man. And I was like, are you talking about Slender Man? And they're like, yeah, my friend showed me on her iPad at daycare. That's his name now. That's what we're And it's him. like, you know, Five Nights at Freddy's is fucking oh, yeah. huge. Yeah, it is. I don't know what it is. But... And it's like, yeah, I was watching this YouTube horror short last night called The Moon Man. No, like Moonlight Man. Have you no. seen that one? It's just derivative copy pasta garbage. It's like a guy in a Babadook costume with a different mask. Excellent. And like, yeah, I think that that's the thing now is like it's really easy to make a six minute terrifying movie, but this one does that and goes above and beyond. Well, and here's my question: Are we horror cranks? Like at this point, because you know, when I look, at, because I'm 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 hoping that kids have an outlet for finding horror because I think when we were kids, the outlet for horror was again, yeah, like older siblings, cousins, um, going over to your friend's house. Like you know, you had that friend who named their dog Whiskey, and they had general run of the place, and <laughs> um, you know, and you would you would sleep over at their house, and it was total bedlam, and you'd be able to watch whatever fucking weird horror movie their biker dad thought was cool, and now I worry that, and and then you had that, and you had again, I think we've talked about this a million times, like the the video shack experience of walking through the horror section holding your breath getting creeped out by covers and now it's like well i saw some jag off on youtube in a fucking mask is that but good good news uh night is something strange got distribution with family videos across the u.s oh now we can all watch it (laughs) yeah Oh (laughs) oh god why but yeah um i think that it's it's kind of like mixtapes, you know. You gotta know like what's a good mixtape and what's a. You have to like kind of build your your taste and kind of figure out what's good and what's bad. Mm-hmm. I think so too. I mean, will and will people just going to YouTube and typing creepy videos? <laughs> 
Right. How do they find them? Yeah, yeah creepy, creepy man jump scare. I mean, I just wait like, until, like, someone posts a listicle. The 10 creepiest videos on YouTube you need to watch right now. Usually <laughs> one or two are pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Which, I mean, I watched the shit out of Marble Hornets when that was still a thing. So, where on this list would you want to put this? The top short film on our list is uh, Zygote right now. Speaking of YouTube horror. Oh, Zygote. Yeah. Let's, okay, so, this is definitely better than Zygote, I think. I feel like Zygote is really cool character design, but it's not adding anything to the conversation. Right, and in to be the sure, way your, your date is. is here also kind of isn't because it's a very straightforward six-minute horror thing where it's just like, bah, there's a creepster in a phone. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, no, all right, I well, Quincy, what, what, what do you think your date is here did that was interesting? Sorry, my toddler came in and wants to ask me another question. I think that your date is here is just really clever camera work and really good... Ask him something. Mm-hmm. I I did a lot of things and and got lot of food. <laughs> Go exactly. This episode is gonna be unlistenable, <laughs> Max. I'm so sorry. Oh no, it's great. No, no, I will I will stitch it together by God. Keep it all. <laughs> yeah, you'll yeah. probably want to cut out the <laughs> the ramblings of a three-year-old. It all stays in, Quincy. I think he should <laughs> join you guys as a Dude, guest host from now yeah. on, co-host. As a guest host. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, what I like about your date is here is it's scary. It, the jump scare is effective. Yeah, it is. Um, it is not what I expected, which, you know, doing this show, I feel like... To answer your previous question, we are definitely horror cranks, Ryan. Yes. You and I are watching a lot, and it it, it sands down the edges. Uh, this week, like almost every week during some of these movies, I ask myself, why are we doing this? <laughs> well, I did that but, during one of the movies we're going to be talking about. But <laughs> Yeah. But this movie, I thought, this is why we're doing it. This is fun. It gets it. It is so exactly what i want yeah and i i thought that it was going to be because it's a mother and a daughter i thought it was going to be like because the daughter is playing the board game and you think that it's going to be like a creepy kid thing like the kid's going to get possessed through the phone or something and i like that it was just like mm, no it's the it's the mom yeah so do we want to put it above zygote oh for sure uh right above zygote is house of a thousand corpses is this Six minute short, better than Rob Zombie's first film. Max, what do you think? I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so either. That was that's the jokes that just keep coming on Wreck and Vile. But then number fifty six is a pretty uh, respectable showing for your date is here. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, I think so. All right. Moving on to our next movie, we're going to talk about. Another film that uh, we were provided from, uh, a screener we were provided, Terror Films hooked us up with a copy of Night of Something Strange. <laughs> um, I don't know about oh. you guys, but I would place this between Alien and Get Out. <laughs> <laughs> the finest movie of our generation. <laughs> it will live. Max, Max yeah, you watched uh, this at They're going to be teaching this in schools. I did, yes. <sighs> Ryan, you also watched 
part oh, of this at work. Oh, I watched. I well, I watched twenty minutes of it at work, and then decided that I would rather die. Ryan, I'm so fucking mad at you because Max and I finished this movie. <laughs> I didn't want to finish this movie because I said no. We're in this together. The only rule we have for this podcast is the we have to finish watching the movie to rank it. One if of us this, has to do it. If this were the Friday the Thirteenth game, this would have been uh, the three of you. The three of us would have fixed a car and then I got in the car and drove away while flipping the double birds. And I'm sorry for that. And then we would have been raped by um, zombies. Right, and then and then zombie. Oh my god, this this movie. And and here's here's why I cut out after twenty minutes, right? Because literally this was just zombie rape. The film, like it was. Yeah. Oh oh my god. All right. So let's, god damn it. Let's let's talk about Night of Something Strange. So it's like the director said. What if we added rape to zombie movies? That's it. That's the that's the movie. Like there's no there's no plot to speak of. There, the dialogue is um, terrible, and the, the even the effects aren't that good. Like, oh, certainly not good. It's certainly not uh, enough of a, a makeup effects showcase to get me through an hour and a half of just nonstop rape scenes. Yeah, so the premise of the movie is that a janitor works at the morgue and sees a body and thinks, I could go for some necrophilia. Hot out of the uh, That body is the carrier for a zombie virus that's only transmitted through sex. So the rest of the movie is that janitor turns into a zombie, he goes home and bites his wife's vagina off, her labia is ragged and bleeding. Uh, she kills the mailman, and as she walks over him, the blood drips out from under her skirt and drips into his mouth, and he turns into a zombie. On and on. A girl gets the virus from a toilet seat, which is not how science works. <laughs> I love that that's the bit that stretches your credulity. That doesn't seem right. Hold on, hold on a second. Um, my wife is a sex ed teacher, uh, and I need to ask her this question. Right. So, Emily, um, can you come on and tell us about how uh, STIs are transmitted? I can, I can assure you they are not transmitted via toilet seats. Mm, mm-hmm. And just, just hearing Quincy's side of this conversation, because that's how it goes, you know, because I'm not in his headphones, can I just say that this movie sounds like it was written by a middle school boy who was yes. imagining what maybe sex sounded like? Yes. And then you bite the vagina off, right? Mmm. <laughs> oh that's all I have to contribute, but guys, you can't get an STD from a toilet seat, I promise. Not even a zombie one. <laughs> so there you have it. Uh, she, she's such a delight. Now we know. Actual was, yes. middle school sex ed teacher, my wife. Yeah, no, like, she's exactly right. Like, it's like a middle schooler watched It Follows and just a scatologically obsessed, cruel child wrote a movie. Ryan, did you make it to the short scene? That was actually where I tapped out. Yeah. So so let's let's tally it up. There's a short scene. There's that toilet where the girl gets the STI, which is like the worst because another girl gets bit and like has a zombie diarrhea in it. Oh, yeah. like um, 
there is the girl gets the zombie virus from the toilet seat and has sex with the like the schlubby fat friend that they keep making fun of. So he dies. The girl's boyfriend comes into the hotel room and the lights are dark and he has, you know, accident he okay, he anally rapes his best friend. But they play it as like, isn't this funny? Which is also necrophilia, but isn't as funny because he thinks it's his girlfriend and he's like, oh, you're really dry. Let me loosen you up. Oh, no, a peanut fell down into your vagina. Let me you know, spit it out. Then he uh, rapes his best friend, gets stuck like a dog in a driveway, stuck to another dog. Then there's a big long bit where he's walking around stuck into this other guy there are other zombies a tentacle starts coming out of one of the female zombies later it's shown to have teeth then we have the hero who's like the gun-toting dude which is actually the guy from the with the mustache from she kills but i hate to say this is not his breakout performance uh the other one was way better say it ain't so night of something strange wasn't his tour de force performance i'm as shocked as you You know, I feel like we're really dunking on this movie, but Correct. like it's not even one of those so crass it's fun. It really is, let's be as gross as possible. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a line that they didn't need to cross with this movie. I, which, first of all, I'm going to craft the great Gatsby of trigger warnings for the beginning of this episode. <laughs> yeah, it's rough. It's I'm sorry we had to do this on this show at this point. Like, I shouldn't have to say that. <laughs> but, I, I mean, but the thing is, it... Uh, I don't know. Like, here's, here's what it is. We grew up... All right, I, I mean, I, I don't want to use, like, the royal we. I grew up watching trauma movies because I thought they were subversive and cool, and then later on kind of realized, like, well, I mean, I like Toxie, and I like Class of Newcomb High, and, and Surf Nazis Must Die and stuff, but Latter-day Trauma is unbearable, and I realized this after I tried making my friend Marty watch Terror Firmer with me, and he wouldn't stop punching me, which was totally reasonable. And I, I feel like the problem is that Night of Something Strange, we're watching this in the cold light of 2017. The gross-out horror movie has been done and done better like dead alive we were talking about that's a gross out horror movie that's actually good or kuso which we're about to talk about oh yeah (laughs) okay so here's my question then um well before we get to that max do you have any other thoughts i lost track of the amount of, of the amount of times i looked at the time on my watch while watching this movie. And I just said time and watch a lot of times in that sentence. (laughs) (laughs) No, um, the only thing it's got going for it is they did really well with casting teenagers that I wanted to see maimed. Yeah, I mean... The teenagers were acting so shitty, I was thinking, please just let them all die so I can move on to the next movie. There's nothing redeeming about this movie. It was a waste of time, I think. <laughs> it should yeah. not have been made. <laughs> Which, I, part of me feels bad that, like, oh, we got the screener and now we're dunking on it. But legitimately, this feels like somebody made me eat dog food and then looked at me expectantly to praise the dog food. So you were in the movie Audition. Yes, correct. You I were was put there. in a sack and I was in let a sack go. in her apartment, and she no, no, no. See, that was her vomiting into a bowl for him to eat. I would like 
that at least shows some level of care in filling a bowl with your own fluids. This was just absentmindedly, yeah, you know what? Here's some fucking dog food. Enjoy. I would rather eat a thing of vomit than watch this again. Yeah. Um, okay, so <laughs> in the harsh light of 2017, which is a better movie? Sleepaway Camp or Night of Something Strange? So, transphobia or nonstop rape, which is worse? I hate to say it, but yeah, which is worse. I've seen Sleepaway Camp, so I can't comment. Hey. Sleepaway um, Camp is at least a pretty... I'm trying to think of, like, objectively, is this a well-made film? Here's the thing. And... I, if we're talking... All right, all right. Now... It's certainly not on me to decide which of those is a more heinous thing to have in a film, but Sleepaway Camp is at least, up until the the dumb reveal at the end, a watchable movie. There's a plot and characters and things that that make sense that I don't that don't make me want to uh, that don't make me hate horror. Let's say it's a lot of, like it's a little rape scene in every, it's a little rape in every scene. Of Sleepaway Camp. No, not. No, no. And I would say Sleepaway Camp is a better movie. Yeah. yeah, there we go. Okay, so then, is Night of Something Strange better than Hellraiser Revelations? Hellraiser oh, Revelations is barely a movie. Oh God, this is this is like asking me to compare having somebody else like chew a hangnail off my hand. Sorry, sorry, Christina, and. <laughs> So another horrible thing that I don't like. I I don't. <sighs> Oof. Okay, so I hate to say this. I hate to say it's this. Friday I, night. I, I, I know the answer. What's the answer? Hellraiser Revelations is better than the Night of Something Strange. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a new bottom of the list, which itself is a prestigious showing. So I'm going to email this to Terror Films. <laughs> I'm going to send them a, a link to this review. And what I'm going to say is, your movie is the grossest movie we have ever seen. I'm I still haven't seen a Serbian involved. film, though. Well. Yeah, I, I, th thank you, Max. I am so sorry that you had to watch this <laughs> to be on the podcast. Thank you for your service. Oh, my pleasure. Yes. Oh, God. Frank and Vile is brought to you by LaPelia.com. LaPelia makes super awesome pro wrestling enamel pins. They've got New Japan pins. They've got gorgeous ladies of pro wrestling pins. They've got Macho Man Randy Savage pins. And if you go to LaPelia.com and use promo code Rank and Vile, you'll get 20% off your order and you'll look super fly while doing it. That's lapelyet.com, promo code rank and vile at checkout for 20% off. Do it. So, maybe the next film will soften the the blow of having to watch Night of Something Strange. Uh, the filmmakers behind The Night Watchmen were cool enough to give us a screener of their movie. So, this is a movie about clown vampires. Yes. Yeah. Not said. That's what what else do you need? Uh, it's I, really so, good. Honestly, the Night Watchman, I fucking loved the Night Watchman. Same. Yeah, oh it's God. so fun. 
it's and it's really funny and like another cool thing about it is like ken arnold isn't ancient but like it's a movie where the main characters are older Mm -hmm. and that's not a joke it's like these are seasoned night guards and they're actually the heroes of this film these are these are kevin smith characters in their 40s yeah like just the classic like slacker security guard thing like and that's the thing like it's actually really really funny like so many of the jokes completely land for me and i feel like a lot of people have tried to basically make this movie and failed and this is like what it was shooting for is exactly the thing it pulled off for me yeah, it's really good. Um, I think my fa- honestly my favorite scene in the thing might be when they've uh, they've caught a vampire and they've got him tied to a chair and they're all like, okay, so how do you how do we how do we kill a vampire? And they're all like taking turns like stabbing it with things and like <laughs> there's the inept cop who's bad at aiming and can't shoot the thing right and there's, there's and the that becomes like, its own running gag that's really great. Yeah, funny. there's. Exactly. Like, there's there's the classic, like, Paul Rubens in the Buffy movie thing of guy gets staked and takes fucking forever to die. And then even the fact that the vampires fart when they get staked. <laughs> oh, it's a funny like, movie. In another film, that would be awful and we'd be dogging on that. But in this, it works so well that they just take a comically long fart every time they're staked. <laughs> I would love to think that I'm above a fart joke, and I'm just absolutely not. I'm sorry. Yeah, this is proof I I that like I this. am not. It, <laughs> I laughed every time that oh happened. <laughs> Max, what was your what was your favorite part from this? Do you think? <clears throat> Trying to think now. <laughs> I, no, I, I watched this one like a week ago. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, just the whole movie was entertaining enjoyable the cast like you said it was perfect it they had great comedic timing it seemed mm-hmm. like they had been milking the night shifts a long time together like they had a good bond oh yeah um i like that they went through and took the time to protect the necks which is something you don't really see yes. in a vampire movie it makes a lot of sense that's a really good point. Like, like I, I think that might be the first time I've ever seen them go, all right, let's put some shit on our necks so we don't get bitten. And it's really, like, ingenious, like, cutting the linoleum um, baseboard and, like, taping it around their necks. And then they even take the moment where, like, one gets attacked and says, hey, it's working, good job, guys. Good idea. Although, uh, legitimately, it, it was hard. There was a heartbreaking moment in this for me. Which is um, the the main lady, her friend who got turned into a vampire, where she can't see without her glasses, so they rip the glasses off and stomp on them, and then she's just kind of left to stumble around screaming and clawing. That legitimately gave me feelings, and I resent that. (laughs) See, that's funny, because that same character, Penny, is also the joke where she, you know, is in the previous scene... She's like, I'm standing right here. And everyone's like, who are you? And she's like, I've worked at this job for three years. I carpool with you, blank stare. <laughs> no, I don't know who you are. <laughs> Great dialogue. Yeah, oh, it's, yeah. And that's the thing. It's like really clever dialogue and um, the action. Like, there's enough fake outs and swerves and just really good 
it's just a solid script that was executed really well too. Yeah, and like, and, and even the fact that you've, so you've got these like slacker um, ex-military sort of police guys, and uh, obviously they're they're kind of a bunch of chuckleheads who you know, like literally they're the platonic ideal of uh, every security guard in every horror movie who is you know never not reading a copy of Jugs magazine <laughs> while they're supposed to be guarding something. That's all of them, and I. It could have been really shitty and gross with their attitudes. To I don't know. Like I, I feel like it knew when to pull back on them being gross dudes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. They could have easily gotten gross with the uh, the video camera, the pornography mm-hmm. they were watching. But I felt like they did kind of just pull it back just at the right time. Yeah. Like they, it, it could have been a sort of oh we like to spy on women in in the bathroom and and. I think a lot of lesser filmmakers would have totally pulled that shit, and this one was just like, no, they're 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 generally just kind of like you know, sort of they're they're scamps more than predators in the context of the movie. Yeah, and and they also say like this guy that works at the office is a predator, and we've been trying to catch him, but all we can catch him doing is rubbing up against employees. Right. So you've yeah, so you've got that, and then also. The effects in this were like surprisingly good. Like, yeah, I, I was and, really impressed. And for the love of God, a clown is a vampire, and he honks a comic clown <laughs> horn to, to summon, summon other clown vampires. <laughs> yes, that was amazing. A little, and then they just start up here. It's the greatest. Um, also, I know that my friend Kevin would hate this film because he is terrified of clowns. Um, the clowns. So the entire. Go ahead. Oh no! Please. I was just saying the clowns look like legitimately creepy. Mm-hmm. It's it's terrifying. Like I I don't know. I feel like my first instance of being terrified by clowns in my life was the pilot episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark when I was a kid. Yeah. Do, do, do you remember that where he's got like the cigar and the balloon inflates under mm. the door? And yeah, it, yeah. Yeah. Scared the shit out of me. Yeah. That's pretty creepy. So, how high does this go on our list? All right, now we're talking. So, I think my my floor for this, I think it is certainly better than uh, Invaders. Yeah. So, that's another really funny movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so, right above Invaders is... Uh, Night of the Slasher. I mean, this is better than your date is here, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Not, so we can we can bump that up the list a little. Um, it's definitely better than Return of the Living Dead 3. Oh, certainly. Yeah. Um, I think it's... I hate to say this, it's probably better than Freddy's Dead. You think it's better than Nightmare on Elm Street, Freddy's Dead? Yeah. The Final I, Nightmare? The Final Nightmare. I agree with that, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, then it's definitely better than the Neon Demon. Yeah. Yes. Now, I now where I stop here, I do not think it's better than Hellraiser 2. Yeah, well, I don't think it's better than Low Life. And I know y'all haven't seen that yet, mm-hmm. but it's like early Quentin Tarantino with a luchador. Oh, very good. Sounds great. And the luchador goes into blind rages where the camera cuts out and when he wakes up people's heads have been crushed in or like in one scene he's holding a hand that was holding a gun so like he rips a dude's hand off excellent i'm into it yeah let's watch that. yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. If you guys haven't seen uh, Low Life yet, that movie is super good. Uh, check that out. I think that's on the film festival circuit right now. So that would make uh, The Night Watchmen our new number 40. And yeah. I feel like that's coming. a really good place for it. I think they, they could use the blurb uh, better than Maniac Cop 2. Yeah, definitely. So, <laughs> listen, guys, better than Maniac Cop 2. <laughs> <laughs> All I want is for someone to put on their Blu-ray better than Maniac Cop 2 <laughs> Rank and Vile Podcast. Rank and Vile Podcast, yeah. I would love to become an... I, I would love for our bullshit list to become any kind of an authority on the worth of horror... Like, we have zero credibility. We we have zero... Uh, I mean, we, we can sort of bullshit why we think one movie is better than another movie, but it's entirely down to, like, eh, we all kind of agreed, you know? No, no, hold on now. We... Wa- well, not you. You have zero credibility. Correct. I watched Night of Something Strange all the way through. That should get <laughs> me something. Now, see, at this point, I feel like I've, I've let both of you down, and not for the podcast, but I need to go through the experience of watching the rest of it so that I don't let the two of you suffer. (laughs) I will tell you, there's a moment where the vagina dentata pulls a girl's flip-flop off. All right, that's pretty cool. That's good. That's good. Okay. All right. All right. I will... will, All right, Quincy, I'll caveat here. I will finish... I will finish that movie, but I will text you observations while I am watching it. Oh, I, I welcome that fully. It will just be Snapchats of me punching myself in the throat so that I can stop breathing. <laughs> so, let's talk about Kuso. How many yeah. times did y'all say out loud, I hate this movie? Zero. A lot. <laughs> I said it a lot, too. <laughs> you know, the big news when Kuso came out uh, and Kuso is on Shudder. It's a Shudder exclusive, and Shudder does sponsor our show. Uh, what's up? So full disclosure on that. But look, uh, you know, when it went to Sundance, like, the big news story was mass walkouts. And I get that. They're weak. They're weak. <laughs> I, I love Kuso. I just but, fucking love Kuso. But I'll have to say what happened is after I got done with it, and I've spent like a week thinking about it, there are parts that are actually very endearing to me and bring a smile to my face. Well, there we go. Which parts Which, which parts brought, it, brought a smile to your face? So I really liked the, the beginning scene with the guy that likes to be choked out mm-hmm. is actually weirdly intimate and romantic. Uh-huh. Even to the reveal of his girlfriend's goiter that he fucks. Um, Also, the entire bit about the roommate um, who has the the carpet aliens that are Hannibal Burris and the other guy Mm -hmm. is fun. And um, the cockroach is pretty entertaining. The cockroach is entertaining. Uh, Max, what what images stuck with you? (laughs) I would say I enjoyed every scene with the roommate. It was pretty entertaining. I enjoyed how they basically kept saying this movie is trash. This movie is trash. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, yeah. I, like The roommates especially were... I love that scene. I would say the thing that stuck out to me the most would be the final five minutes of the movie. 
I don't know how much you want to talk about, but after I finished it, I re-round it and made my uh, wife come in and watch the whole ending, even though she hadn't seen anything else. So yeah, <laughs> you have to watch. zero context. I mean, even if she had, would she have context? Well, no. No, it's no. not a movie. It's just random sketches thrown together. Now, now, hold on. I don't know about random sketches. I I think there's kind of there's a there it kind of hangs together for me. I don't know. It feels like part it feels like part of the same movie. Like I would never mistake any part of this movie as part of another movie. No, but I feel like it's just like um his Flying Lotus's like demo reel. Like here's a bunch of shows slash sketches that I put together with my friends. Check them out. I mean, kind of, but also um, now the thing about it is, you know, when a movie makes you think of another movie, not for anything that you can actually compare and contrast, but just because the feeling it gave you is largely the same feeling that another movie gave you. Yeah. Kuso, we were actually talking about this earlier, Max. Uh, Meet the Feebles, mm. um, which was you know Peter one of Peter Jackson's first movies, and it's basically horrible sex Muppets. Um, it's Muppets that do drugs and fuck and kill each other, and uh, I watched it in college with a bunch of people, and the experience has stuck with me. Um, Kuso kind of gave me the same feeling as uh, Meet the Feebles, where it's just like unholy, but also really funny, but also I don't know. I th- the bit in Kuso that I've been thinking about all day was the tree with the weird butthole mouth and the tongue coming out of it. Yeah, yeah that's from the segment which is called Smear. Smear, yeah. Um, I just adored Kuso. Like, I there were there were several bits of it that I I, I, I feel like I feel this is something that I feel like I haven't watched yet, and that's really exciting. I feel like this movie was fucking with me. <laughs> Correct. Like it dares you to turn it off, and I mean, mm-hmm. even in the part I think, like Max said, the part that I thought was the best was the girl saying, "Movies are trash." Like, art is stupid, and this movie, and basically is like looks at the camera and says, "She says this is garbage. Art is garbage," and like right before that, I got caught like trying to say like, "Oh, this is a metaphor for like how children are treated in school," and like because of the school scene where like the kid gets punished and beat up for no reason, right. and like, "Oh, that's a really smart." comment on race relationships and you know oh my white guilt and then the next scene she's like this movie's stupid <laughs> there's no point to this movie stop trying to think here's flying lotus saying i'm afraid of big tits and a nurse with very large breasts and then here's a really long poorly computer animated segment of floating breasts Correct. Like a Windows 98 screensaver of morphing breasts. Well, now, I hate to put this forward. How is a racer head different? <laughs> One of the comments I made while watching this to Betty Rocksteady is, this movie is like if David Lynch had ADHD. <laughs> yes. Put that on your cover, um... Shutter. Put that on there. There we go. I I totally agree. Like, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) yeah. Like it's it's lynching in the regard that so much of it is like 
so even talking about the thing, and, and this is the I, this is the thing I was talking with Josh Copeland about, is that it's hard to talk about David Lynch movies because you're only ever talking about your emotional experience of a David Lynch movie. That like the movie's already out there, and it's that's the thing, that's that's it, and that's kind of how I feel about Cuso. Is that it, it gave me gave me the same sort of like well, it was surrealist and made me feel a whole bunch of things and was jarring as fuck. And it is what it is. I just want it recut as different short films. Mm. Because some of them bite-sized segments. I think it might. I think it might because you know the one, the cockroach one. I feel like works by itself, mm-hmm. or the couple works by itself, and having the space of the of the rest of the movie and the other scenes, I don't feel like actually impacts the way that I took in that information. Well, there you go. I see. I, I that, that makes sense to me. I think there, I don't know. Like it, it would be silly of me to claim that there is an overarching, overarching narrative to the thing that there's a cohesive story because there absolutely isn't. But I, I feel like it was much more sort of... It was like an extended riff on a thing, rather yeah. than the thing itself. It's just bodies are gross. Yes. Which Let's I'm into. be gross. That's, that, that's my thing. Is like, I'm, I'm hugely into bodies are gross as an ethos for a thing. Like, everybody's face in this movie is covered with horrible pustules and scabs. And it's, yeah, this is literally a guy going, I'm uncomfortable with my body. Let's explore that. <laughs> and just jizz everywhere. So, so much ejaculate so wiped much. on people's faces. He had to buy so gallons of it to make this movie. <laughs> yeah. I believe buy a CBN gallon account. of jizz. <laughs> Amazon? <laughs> yeah, where does, where does one... Uh, yeah, like, how does one make... Uh, presumably fake jizz is what I'm telling myself. <laughs> Did anyone else feel like it was kind of like Steve Ellison saying, like, I'm just gonna hang out with my friends. This is no big deal. Like that, like postmodern, disaffected. I don't actually care about this thing I'm making. Or does it feel oh, too cool? No, no, no. no, no. no. Actually, it... oh Max, what do you think? I think it feels the opposite. I don't think he gave a shit about what anyone would think about this movie. He just thought, mm-hmm. you know what? This seems like it's cool. I'm gonna make this. And why don't we have this boil sing? Why not? I think he just got yeah. really high, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like um, all of the weird Adult Swim shows. Yeah. Well, I mean, and it he doesn't does... help that Adult Swim people are in it. Right. Now, and, and actually, my thing is, I don't, I didn't get the detached cool guy thing. If anything, several parts of this were like, this feels really vulnerable. Like, this feels like I'm being given a window into this guy's subconscious in a way that I don't feel like I get with a lot of horror movies. I can see that. Would you watch it again? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think now that I've been through it once, I would, yeah. It took me a week to watch this movie because, it. well, <laughs> A, I was at the hotel. And I had to right. constantly control the volume of this while people walked past me. <laughs> I didn't have, like, headphones or anything, just going at the front desk. <laughs> It was also highly disgusting, I thought, and I, I haven't seen something so disgusting since 
well, fuck. Okay, since Night of Something Strange. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It just it took me a long time to watch it in segment, but I'm glad I did because I I ended up liking it a lot. But the experience of watching it was not pleasant until I finished it. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Like while while you're watching it for the first time, you're just kind of absorbing all of the uh, the sounds and visuals of of Kuso. It's it doesn't it goes down the opposite of smooth. So speaking of movies that go down the opposite of smooth but are deeply rewarding, how does Kuso compare to He Took His Skin Off for Me, number sixty four on our list? Ooh, I that's seen that one. Oh, oh, there we go. highly recommend that. Okay. Um, that's it's on. I, uh, by the way, for those listening at home, if you haven't seen it, he took his skin off for me. is also available on Shutter. So you have to have Shutter to see Kuso. You might as well watch this other ten minute short too. I'll check yeah. that out tonight. Man, I, I I feel like between the two of them, I would put Kuso above. He took his skin off for me. Really? Yes, because. He took his skin off for me was doing pretty much just one thing, and it did it really well, and I really really liked it. But it, it was kind of like oh I, I don't know I didn't I, I walked away from he took his skin off for me going oh that was I, that was neat I really liked that, and I walked away from Kuso going I need to accost the nearest person to talk about the things I have just put into my eyeballs. So if it's above. He took his skin off for me. How high above are we going to go with it? Well, that's the thing. I Comparing it to a conventional movie almost doesn't seem fair. Okay. Okay, think... so this is my complaint, is it feels more like music videos. It feels more like clips and bits than an actual cohesive narrative. And even mm-hmm. Eraserhead feels more cohesive than Kuso feels. Oh, it's and it's definitely not better than Eraserhead. No. Like, Eraserhead is... Yeah. I mean, also, Jesus Christ, Eraserhead is number six on our list, so I don't know what we could put... Him, like, we would have to... We would have to put <clears throat> Kuso above, like, Audition and Suspiria, and I, I, I just can't do that. But I think my floor for Kuso is... I think it's better than The Devil's Rejects. All right. Uh, I um, I don't know if I agree with you on that. And here's why. Uh, The Devil's Rejects is trying to have a specific reaction out of the audience. And by the end of that reaction, it is one reaction, but it's an entire feature that changes so devils rejects you're supposed to hate them they're the bad guys Mm -hmm. but by the end free bird is playing and you love them so it's this who's your god now you don't know what you're doing um that's fair kuso i think is trying to say like we're all just mixed up people in this mixed up world and we're all gross Mm -hmm. but rather than doing a single storyline it's I think it's it's kind of uh, weighed down by its largesse. Like I think it's biting off more than it could maybe handle. And I would have rather stayed in some of those stories longer than have all those little extra bits. Like that part that's just the face talking on the phone. That's like the collage. Like you could cut that out, and the movie doesn't change. Um, there's 
the the sock is a good gag, right. but that's all it is. And especially when you compare to like that couple vignette, which is actually like really touching in a weird sort of way. Mm-hmm. Um, that's so much more significant than this joke of like, what if a woman's legs were another woman's legs and there were two crazy opposites. Um, so this is all for me to say that it, Kuso reminds me a lot of Nightbreed, a movie that was trying to do a lot and ultimately didn't, but still is a hell of a watch. Yeah, I would agree actually. Yeah. Nightbreed. I love talking about Nightbreed because it's so flawed, but I love so many things about it. Yeah. So I would say it's better than hardware, but not as good as Nightbreed. That sounds perfect, actually. I'm good with that. Okay, so the new 54, which, uh, full disclosure, is way higher than I expected it would be, is Kuso. Uh, I thought we were going to have two new, like, bottoms to this oh, list. I, I'm, I'm ride or die for Kuso. This was a fucking delight. <laughs> All right. Max, that brings us to the end of our show. But before we let you go from this crazy recording session, um, will you tell our listeners where they can find you online? Yeah, um, um, I tweet at give me your teeth. And um, my website is tellsfromthebooth.com. Yeah. All right. Uh, Rank and Vile is also online. We have a Twitter account at Rank and Vilecast. We're pretty active on Twitter. Uh, we also have an Instagram at Rank and Vile where we put some really gross pictures. Speaking of really gross stuff, our Tumblr has a lot of gifts. We don't update it much, but if you like really gory gifts, that's rankandvile.tumblr.com. If you want to email us, if you'd like to sponsor the show, if you are a filmmaker and you want a patented uh, rank and vile seal of approval, which will just say better than Sleepaway Camp, probably, um, <laughs> probably, uh, shoot us an email at rank and that's rank and vilecast at gmail.com. Or if you're a fan and you just want to say hey or anything like that, um, hit us up. Our listener, Dustin Kramer, has a letterboxed list online of all of the movies we've ranked in the order that we've ranked them. Uh, his username is Dusty Cram Cram. That's K-R-A-M-K-R-A-M on Letterboxd. We've also linked that on our Twitter and our Tumblr. We're pretty good about once he tweets out that he's updated it, retweeting him. So follow us on Twitter and we'll get all of that. Um... Yeah, I think that's this has it. been a hell of a night. Uh, oh my god, Max! Once again, you, I'm going to send you some kind of commemorative plaque for having sat through both Kuso and uh, Night of Something Strange. It's been a gross night. <laughs> <laughs> that's the tag. That's it. That's the that's the episode title. It's been a gross night. Go take a shower, y'all. Yep. Yep. Hose, hose down. Hose, hose down your soul. We'll see you next time.